We have had a, a theme of blessed over the past, these months, September, October time. This might be the last time I speak particularly on this subject. Now, don't get too excited. I didn't say it's the last time I'm going to speak, just possibly, on this subject. And I'm going to read Psalm 144, which is actually in our daily readings as a church this week. It's good to read the Bible, and it's good to read the Word of God together. I know many have their own daily devotional and things that they follow on people and uh, reading plans, and that's great. That's wonderful. But it's good if we can collectively read part of the Bible together as a church, and we can hear God speaking to us collectively. So we encourage you to go on the church suite and you find out just some daily readings that we as a church want to be or read together and just see what God is saying. I'm going to read, as I said, Psalm 144, which you'll read again on Wednesday. Just because you read it today doesn't mean you don't read it again on Wednesday. <clears throat> I'm reading from the New International Version, Psalm of David. And he says, Praise be to the Lord my rock, who trains my hands for war, my fingers for battle. He is my loving God and my fortress, my stronghold and my deliverer, my shield in whom I take refuge, who subdues peoples under me. Lord, what are human beings that you care for them? Mere mortals that you think of them. They're like a breath, their days are like a fleeting shadow. Part your heavens, Lord, and come down. Touch the mountains so that they smoke. Send forth lightning and scatter the enemy. Shoot your arrows and rout them. Reach down your hand from on high. Deliver me and rescue me from the mighty waters, from the hands of foreigners whose mouths are full of lies, whose right hands are deceitful. I will sing a new song to you, my God. On the ten-string lyre, I will make music to you. To the one who gives victory to kings, who delivers his servant David from the deadly sword, deliver me, rescue me from the hands of foreigners whose mouths are full of lies, whose right hands are deceitful. Then our sons in their youth will be like well-nurtured plants, and our daughters will be like pillars carved to adorn a palace. Our barns will be filled with every kind of provision. Our sheep will increase by thousands, by tens of thousands in our fields. Our oxen will draw heavy loads. There will be no breaching of walls, no going into captivity, no cry of distress in our streets. Blessed is the people of whom this is true. Blessed is the people whose God is the Lord. A wonderful psalm. And at the end, I want to just pray over different aspects of that praying blessing, a part of the blessing of the end of that chapter over us. The Amplified finishes at how blessed, fortunate, prosperous, and favored are the people whose God is the Lord. Wonderful thought. You know, it's thought that David wrote this psalm not long after he became king of all Israel. Israel had been divided, uh, split with two different lots in Israel and a smaller group as nations without going into all the details. But then there was a, a reunification of the nation and this was written just after or just around about the time where, Israel, where David became king over all of Israel. But note, even though he'd become king of all Israel, there were still some battles and still some enemies he had to conquer. The Philistines in particular, who seemed to be the, the constant enemy of Israel and others, but particularly uh, the Philistines. But David was in a good place. It was great in a sense. He'd become king over all of Israel. But recognize there's still some issues that 
uh, I need to be addressed. I don't know about you, maybe it's only me, but I have found in my life and my walk with God that even when things are great, even in the good times, even in the mountain times, even in the blessing times, there's always at least one area in which I'm hanging out for God to do something. There's always an issue. And I believe God think God knows me. And he says, Jim, I knew you. If everything was okay and hunky-dory in your world, you would just ignore me and you would just let go and I would never hear from you. I see you and that kind of stuff. So it says, if God says, I'm just going to make sure and whenever even things are good, there's always one area in which I need you and I'm going to get you to connect with me. And I think David was kind of like that here. Maybe that's just me. You're all so wonderful and spiritual. In the good times or bad times, you constantly pray 24-7, read your Bible, and all the rest of it, and worship God. But three aspects of blessed, uh, I've been blessed here. First of all, it's personal. I love David starts, he says, praise be to the Lord, my rock. I mean, I think I've titled it, hey, that's what I call blessed, is a message, a title. That's what I call blessed because of how it finishes, but there's three aspects of it. It's personal. David says, praise be to the Lord, my rock. What a great declaration that is to begin with. We've always heard about this. David shares something about this in Matthew 7 when Jesus is telling about people, uh, those who obey my teachers, listen to me and obey my teachers. Let the wise man who builds his house on the rock, when the storms come, the wise man still stands because he's built on Jesus Christ and the foundations compared with the man who builds his house or his life on anything else, which is sand, and when the winds of time come and blow, then it just dissipates, your life collapses, your world collapses. So this morning, who is your rock? What is your rock? Who is your go-to person in the times of trouble when the storms brew? Maybe not, it's, a, it's maybe not a person. It's maybe a drink, it's maybe a pill, it's maybe something... Uh, Elicit uh, something or a relationship which is not right, it might be a habit you go to. But I want to tell you when the storms of life come, and storms of life do come, there's only one rock who, if you build your life on, where you can stand still and strong no matter the storm. No, Storm Babette this week caused an awful lot of damage. Sadly, people died because of a storm in life. Storms are terrible things. And we all face them. But I want to tell you that David says, there's a rock you can build your life on. And when the storms come, you're not going to fall. You're going to stand. Sometimes we feel we can do it all. And we are the bees knees. And no matter what happens, we are going to be okay. You know, Simon Garfunkel, who some people like, uh, wrote a song. I had a song that says, I am a rock. Was the title. It says, I built walls, a fortress, steep and mighty that none may penetrate. I've no need of friendship. Friendship causes pain. It's laughter and it's loving. I disdain. I am a rock. I am an island. If you go into it, it says, don't talk of love. Well, I've heard the word before. It's sleeping in my memory. I won't disturb the slumber of feelings that have died. If I'd never loved, I never would have cried. I am a rock. I am an island. And some people have an attitude that doesn't matter what happens. I'm a rock. I can cope. I can stand firm. Sometimes people, because they've been hurt in the past, they place trust in people. Uh, they've been hurt in their pain. They, they refuse to open up and they become so self-centered and self close up. But they come with an attitude. I'm a rock. I'm going to firm. I can do this. I can make it through life. I don't need anybody else. I'm not going to trust in anybody else. I'm not going to have a connection with anybody else because I am a rock. I can cope. I want to tell you, you can't. 
in the world of hurt and pain and chaos and turmoil. There's only one person, there's only one rock in which you can stand on and which you're not going to be damaged your heart in that way, and that's Jesus Christ. David recognized that. We fight battles in life, but he's my rock. He's the one who equips me, he empowers me, who protects me. Psalm 46 and 1 says, God is our refuge and strength and never present help in times of trouble. David, I love what it says here. You need to be in relationship to experience the blessing of him being a rock in your life. But David says this, he's my rock. He's my loving God. He's my fortress. He's my stronghold. He's my deliverer. He is my shield. When you're in a relationship with Jesus Christ, when God eh, comes into your world because you've accepted him as savior, when storms of life come, do you know what? He's my rock. He's your loving God. He's your fortress. He's your stronghold. He's your deliverer. He is your shield. Doesn't that make you feel blessed? David goes on to say, Lord, what are human beings that you care for them? Mere mortals that you think of them. Just think for a minute. Just think about that. Does it not blow your mind that the God who created heaven and earth, who sustains it and keeps it, the God who's omniscient, omnipotent, the God who is omnipresent, the God who created everything, who created it, and he created you from dust. He created you. That God who's powerful and awesome, incredible, thinks about you constantly. You're always on his mind. You're a mere mortal. James says, your life's but a vapor. It's like here today, gone tomorrow. In the grand scheme of life, never mind eternity, in the grand scheme of time, our lives are like a vapor. Of the eight billion people on the planet, and yet, God knows you. Sometimes you remember, you can remember somebody because they've got an unusual name and it sticks out. I'm a Smith. Come on. I'm also not, I'm Jim Smith. Okay. There must be millions of us on the planet. Okay. There really is. But you know what? But God knows my name. And doesn't just know my name. He knows I'm James Morton Smith. That's another story. But he knows who I am. He knows who I am. When he says, the Bible says he knows your name, it means he knows you. He knows everything about you. I want to tell you, he knows everything about you and he loves you. You don't love yourself in here today, but I want to tell you, God knows everything about you. You're good, you're bad, and you're ugly, and he loves you just the same. He loves you, but you need to be in relationship with him to experience that love. You need to experience that fact that he loves you. God loves you. We're nothing. We're vapors. Our life's but a vapor. In the grand scheme of the world, think about in the thousands of years the world's been about, in our whatever years, we're next to nothing, and yet God thinks about us all the time. We are insignificant in the world. I could be in most crowds of people that I go to, they haven't a clue who I am, and they don't really care who I am. But no matter whether I'm on my own or whether I'm with the thousands of other people, God looks at me, and his heart's on me, his heart's towards me, and he's thinking about me, and he's for me all the time. Does that not make you feel blessed? Not only is the blessing of God personal, it's powerful. David gives a cry from the heart, which maybe echoes in your heart today. Part the heavens, Lord, and come down. Reach down your hand from on high. Deliver me, rescue you. Now I look at our world today. I look at our nation today. And my prayer is, Lord, part the heavens and come down. <laughs> 
come down, save, protect, move in power, rend the heavens and come down. You know, there is a spiritual battle going on for the souls in our world. There's a spiritual battle going on for the soul of the world. No, the wars and what Middle East, that's not physical, that's a spiritual battle that's going on for the souls of the world. And David says, I'm in a difficult place when you just rend the heavens and come down. No, we're a week sooner from last week when the day when Jesus is coming to stand again in Jerusalem. He's come to reign, he's come to the Mount of Olives, Jesus is returning. We don't know when, but we're a week sooner. And it's sooner than we expect and realize. And then he's going to come and reign in Jerusalem for a thousand years, a millennial reign. There's a day when physically he's going to come down. And it's going to be a different world. But I want to tell you, we can pray today, God, come reign the heavens and come down by your spirit and move in power in my world. Move in power in my nation. Move in power in my community. Come rescue, deliver, bless. Lord, open your heavens up. Come down. Lord, today, open the heaven and come down. Rend your heavens and come down. Bless us by coming down and bringing blessing and rescue and help and protection in our world. You know, for David, it was a challenging time in this period of his life. Even though he was king, he still had battles. And he pours out his heart to God in prayer. But I love it, in the middle of his struggle, he makes a decision. I will sing a new song to the Lord. No, and there's a, there's a context in which once the battles run, I'll sing and create a new other song. But there's also a principle in here in the midst of the battle. I'm going to sing in the middle of the storm. Louder and louder, you're going to hear my praises wrong. The desert song, when triumph is still on its way, I'm going to praise the Lord. I'm going to sing. I'm going to sing even in the battle. Because you know what? Because we know that God's for us. And whatever is going on in the storms of the world, God is going to end well because you're the victor. You wear the victor's crown. And I'm going to sing in the middle of the storm. I'm going to praise in the valley. I'm going to praise in the mountain. I'll praise when I'm sure. I'm going to praise when I'm doubting. I'll praise when I'm numbered. I'll praise when you're surrounded. As long as I'm breathing, I've got a reason to praise. I'll praise when I feel it. I'll praise when I don't. I'll praise because I know that you're still in control. I'll praise because you're sovereign. I'll praise because you reign. I'll praise because you rose and defeated the grave. I'll praise because you're faithful. I'll praise because there's nobody greater than you. Hallelujah. I'm going to praise. And David says, I'm going to sing a song. In the midst of my battle, I'm going to sing a song because I'm blessed. I'm still blessed in the battle. The battle doesn't lessen the blessing of God in my life. God, I'm blessed. In the midst of the storm, I'm blessed. And I'm going to sing of a song because there's nobody greater than you this morning. Maybe you've lost your song. Maybe you've been through battles. I want to tell you, God's blessing is still in your life. And you can sing in the storm. You can sing in the middle of the problems that are going on. And if you can't, if you don't remember any of the songs and during the week, if you're in a bad time, I want to encourage you, praise is a weapon. Praise is a weapon. Praise is a weapon, and maybe you can't, don't know. Maybe you on a Wednesday morning, you're at home, and you get through a battle, and you can't remember the words of any of the songs. Why, why don't you make up a song? Why don't you sing a new song? David says, I'm going to sing a new song. I'm going to make up a new song of praise and worship. And it's better if you're on your own when you're doing that, just in case. Just in case. Most of the songs I sing are in a flat key. They're not originally, but I make them a flat key. You know, I love this. There is, I will sing a new song to you, my God. 
i.e. I'm not singing to a crowd. I'm not singing to people in the church. When I sing, when I really worship, it's to an audience of one. We sing to an audience of one. The one who gives victory to kings. The one who delivers his servant. The one who rescues from the hands of foreigners. No, we sing an, a wide variety of songs in church life. We really do. And there's a lot of great songs. And there's a lot of different contexts and settings why we sing different songs. And if we're all honest, there's some we like more than others. And I remember some time ago, we were singing a song. It wasn't my favorite song. Let's put it that way. Listen, you don't need to sing songs that I like. Okay, well, you do, but that's another story. <laughs> but listen, we all like different songs. Even today, some of us would prefer some songs or something. But there's one song, that's just it wasn't my favorite. And going home from church, there was somebody in my car, and what they said is, that song, song today has been with me all week, and it's helped me and it's brought me through difficult situations this week. And it's as if God was slapping me in the face and saying, see, it's not about you. It's not about you, Jim. It's not about you. So there's context for every song. But for me, personally, for my singing, my personal favorite is not for my singing about him, but for my singing to him. David says, I will sing a new song to you, my God. No, I'm not asking us to sing this, but see that song, The Goodness of God. It starts, I love you, Lord. And it's a good job I sit there facing that way, because if I face that way, you would all see me crying just about every time when you sing that line. I love you, Lord, for your mercy never fails me. I love you, Lord. My favorite is when we sing to him. And we should always be singing to him. David says, I'm not singing to the church. I'm not singing to the people. I will sing a new song to you, my God. So let me encourage you in your worship, when we come collectively or when you're on your own, focus on him. We, certain, we focus on him. No, being blessed, it's personal. You need to be in a personal relationship with him to experience his blessing on your life. It's powerful. It means no matter what's going on in your world, the problems, the battles, the struggles that you have. Being blessed means the omnipotent, almighty victor is in your life to bring you through and bring you victory even through your darkest trials. But it's also practically, practical. It's personal. It's powerful. It's practical. It's not just airy-fairy stuff. It's practical. And the band are going to come up, short message. And I'm just going to reference some of the things that David says here. He started with praise, a declaration that the Lord was his rock. He acknowledges that there's some battles in life. Amongst all the blessings, there's battles. But that doesn't mean to say we're not still blessed. He declares he's going to sing a new song of praise and victory and triumph and praise to his God. And then he gives some expressions of what that victory looks like. What the blessing of victory looked like in life. 
because verse 12, he talks about God come and rescue me and bring deliverance and victory. And then there's a simple word in the version I read that says, then. Then, after that victory of the king has been won, it describes what that blessing looks like. Aspects of that blessing. And then he concludes, blessed is the people of whom this is true. Blessed is the people whose God is the Lord. I just want us to pause for a minute. He's describing the blessings that come when the king gets victory over his enemies. Some of you, I'm sure, are ahead of me. Because our king, our king, our king of kings has conquered already sin, death, hell, the grave, and he wears the victor's crown. We live in the fruits of our king's victory. David describes, even the king gets his victory, this is what the blessing looks like in our life. And then he gives some ideas of what it's like. You know what? Our king has risen from the grave. Our king has conquered everything. Our king wears the victor's crown. And in Romans 8 verse 37, Paul writes, Despite all these things, calamity, persecution, hunger, destitution, dangers, death, threats, everything else, overwhelming victory is ours through Christ who loved us. I, you're a winner. You're a victory. You enjoy the fruits of Jesus Christ's victory. And David says, you know, when we're victory, the blessings of victory are like this. And they use some descriptions. And some is agricultural because it was in the context of the people around about then. He says they're going to live blessed. The sons are going to flourish like uh, not well-nurtured plants. The daughters are going to be fashioned to adorn palaces. The barns are going to be filled with every kind of provision. Our sheep are going to increase to tens of thousands in the field. Our oxen are going to draw heavy loads. There's going to be no breaching of walls. There's going to be no going into captivity. There's not going to be no any distress in our streets because that's where we stand after victory. That's the blessing. That's the fruit of victory that the king had. That's what the picture like. It says when that is like that, then that's what the picture of where the people of God are blessed. And I want to tell you, we don't live in David's victory. We live in Jesus Christ's victory. We live in the fruit of Jesus Christ's victory. And the picture that David pictured there, there's victory there that I want to declare over our lives as blessing, as a sign of blessing our life. David says there was eight aspects there. There was eight things there that David says, this is what the blessing of victory looks like for the people of God. And then he declared those eight things. And I'm going to pray those eight things over us. And you can receive the prayer if you like or not. If you can stand, please stand. You don't have to stand. But I'm going to take these eight aspects in closing of what bless looks like. What being blessed looks like. What it looks like for those people whose God is the Lord. First of all, it talks about our sons flourishing. If you, well, we're all standing, if you've got sons and you're believing for them to be flourishing, well, just and you want to you want to receive that as a prayer of blessing over your life. David's looking at his mom to make sure she puts her hand up. <laughs> okay, okay. As a birthday present, we're going to pray for David's life. 
to flourish. But if you've got sons, and I really want to, I really believe God's laid this in my heart to pray these eight, eight prayers of blessing. You might, they might not be walking with God at the moment, but we're going to pray that they will be walking with God. Father God, this is what your word says. This is what it looks like for those people whose God is the Lord, who are favored by you, that sons will flourish. And that your Father, I pray for everyone who has sons in today with their hands raised. And I pray that their sons will flourish. I pray if they don't know you, that they will come to faith in you soon and very soon. But I pray in every area of their life, in their personal life, in their spiritual life, in their work life, in relationship life, in their financial life. I pray that the sons of everyone here are going to flourish greater than they've ever done because we walk in the blessing of our King's victory in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. If you've got daughters, it says fashion for palaces. No, uh, when I was really praying about this, I believe it says fashion for palaces. But I believe when God dropped in my, it means that some of our daughters are going to stand in places of influence and authority that they couldn't naturally do. They're adorned for palaces. They're going to stand in, it's like pillars and palaces. But I really believe God says that some of our daughters, they're going to go into places of influence and spheres that are not natural because God's doing it. If you've got a daughter and you're praying that, just put your hand hands up and we pray. Father God, I thank you for our daughters. We thank you for our sons. Thank you for our daughters. Father, I pray for every one of them who's not walking with God, that they'll come to faith soon in Jesus Christ's name. But Father God, I pray that our daughters who are fashioned for palaces will begin to go into places of influence and change atmospheres in society, in education, in schools. Father God, in government, in business, in media, in sports. Father God, I pray that some of our daughters will have doors open to them, that they'll go into high places of authority and influence and it will cause change to come because that's the blessing of God on our daughters as we are the people of God. Hallelujah. Number three is your bands will be filled. If you need provision, we're going to pray that our bands are filled to overflowing. We've done the blessed life. I'm believing the blessed life means we want the blessed life. The blessed life is the blessed life. But part of that is our barns are filled. If you want your barns to be filled, if you want your provision in every ear, just stick up your hands and receive it. Father God, we pray for barns to be filled. I pray for every kind of provision. I pray for those who are in lack right now. Lord, there'll be an overflow. As we honor you with what we have, Father God, I pray for an overflow. I pray for blessing. I pray for provision, Father God, of every kind, material, physical, spiritual, Lord, we pray provision over every kind because that's the blessing of those whose God is the Lord. For us about a sheep being increased. Listen, I'm talking spiritually here. We are the sheep. I'm praying for a sheep to increase. I believe for thousands, says tens of thousands. Father God, we pray, Father God, you'll add sheep. Lord, we pray for those who are lost sheep right now that you'll draw them, Father God. We pray, Father God, that those sheep Increase, the flocks will increase, Father God. Lord, Lord, we're part of the 99, but those ones who are away and lost, we pray, Lord, impress them in conduct and beyond, Lord, in our places where we are. We pray for souls to be increased. We pray for souls to get saved. We pray for people to come to faith in Jesus Christ. Lord, add sheep. Lord, add souls. Lord, we pray for salvation to be regular, Lord. We pray you add daily those who are being saved. Listen, see what we're praying on. If you're in here today, every eye closed for a minute, and you're here, but if you don't know Jesus Christ as your Savior, 
if you don't know him, if he's not your personal savior and you like to experience him, you want to acknowledge him, you want to accept Jesus as your savior so you come into that blessing, that protection and have your sins forgiven and your home set for heaven, stick up your hand right now. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Father God, thank you. Lord, for a soul been saved. Thank you for sheep coming. Thank you for the Lord has been found in this house today. Lord, we pray your blessing and we thank you, Father, for salvation visiting this house today. And we just pray in Jesus' name that they'll grow and pray it's the start of an influx, of an overflow of sheep, Father God. Not here, but everywhere we we go. Let God increase, Father God, in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Listen, there's once about our oxen being drawn heavy load picture this, that your capacity can increase, that you can carry more, that you can do more than you've ever done before. Sometimes as you go older, you feel, I can't do as much. I'm believing that God can supernaturally give you a capacity to do more than you've ever done. Father God, I pray for those who feel they're doing too much, they can't do anymore. I pray for an increased capacity, Lord. I pray, Lord, for an increase that a load will not become heavy, Lord. I pray, Lord, you'll cause such a capacity to come in, Lord, that we can do more than we've ever done before, that we can go further, we can achieve more, that the workload is not heavy, but the burden, the yoke is light, and that you can cause us to increase in capacity in the ministry and in every area of our lives. Hallelujah. Amen. Number six is a no breaching of ours. Security. No attacks on our premises. No attacks on our assets. So live securely. We're not going to be, have break-ins. We're not going to be stolen from. Father, if you, if you want to pray for no breaching of your walls, to live securely, just put your hand up, Father God. I pray, Father God, for those whose God is the Lord, there's going to be no breaching of our walls. There's no there's no break-ins, there's no stealing, there's no attacks on us, Lord God. Lord, there's been no breaking, Lord, that you put a hedge of protection, that you are refuge and strength, that you will be a protection. The Lord who protects, Father God, will be the protection of those whose people, whose God is the Lord, in Jesus' name. And number seven is no going into captivity. Not going and back to where you are. We're not going back into the bondages that we used to be in. And maybe you're in bondage today, but we believe you can be set free in Jesus' name. Father God, if you, if you believe in no bondages, no captivity, no habits, no fears, no rejection, no anything that binds you, you can be free in Jesus' name. If you need to be set free of something in Jesus' name, just put your hand out. If you're just believing you're going to be living free and you're going to walk in the freedom that Jesus won for you, just take your hand up. Father God, we're believing, Lord, that whom the Son sets free is free indeed. And Lord, we thank you, Father God, Lord, that for freedom it was that you set us free. And we pray right now, Lord, for those who have been in bondage, those who are in bondage, that there'll be no captivity anymore. We pray for those who were, but they're not going back into captivity. We pray for every one of us that we refuse to be bound by sin, by death, by habit, by fear, by rejection, by pain, by heart. But we're going to walk in the freedom for whom Christ set us free, because that is the... That is the blessing of those whose God is the Lord. And I want us all to put our hands up for the next one. You don't have to. It's not a must. But there's going to be no distress in our streets. You want to pray in your street that there's no distress. There's people in your street and they don't know Jesus. But you can pray and because of your presence in them, they can be blessed and receive a peace. And one says no cries of alarm in our town squares. Oh God, our towns are full of alarm. There's despair. There's distress. Not far from us, there was a policewoman stabbed a few weeks or so this week. God, I don't want anything like that in my street. 
I want people who are blessed. There's no distress in our streets. And where you are, just pray for all the homes in your street. Pray for your neighbors as it is. Father, I pray blessing over every street represented. I pray, Father God, there'll be no distress in our streets. I pray there'll be no cries of alarm in our town squares. I pray you only bless our streets. For those whose God is the Lord, Father God. For those people whose God is the Lord. Lord, we declare, Lord, there's going to be no distress, Lord. There's going to be peace in our street. The Prince of Peace is going to rule in our street. Where there's neighbors at loggerhood, they're going to join together. They're going to be united, Father God. Lord, you'll cause us, Lord, to be blessing, to be life and salt in our street. Enemy, we say, get your hands off our street. Because for those people whose God is the Lord, there's no distress, no pain, no uh, no division in our streets. We declare the Prince of Peace is Lord over our street. Hallelujah. Blessed is the people of whom this is true. Blessed is the people whose God is the Lord.